Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, great to have David Noble in the house. David, it was great to see you the other night uh, for the uh, Billings Christian School fundraiser. Seth Dillon, the Babylon Bee CEO. Wasn't that just a great event? It was fantastic, and it was really good to see Billings Christian Schools and how much they've grown over the years and how, how much good they're doing. Yeah, especially since 2020. I mean... God, they're up. I mean, they've had a massive increase, uh, hundreds of students more just since 2020 alone, I think it was. And, right. And, but, but the other thing that I, I found encouraging is they said, they said, hey, we're not just trying to, you know, toot our own horn, horn here. This tracks with what is happening with other Christian schools across the country. They have all seen a, a steady, massive growth, just like they've seen. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, it was kind of cool and it, and just, just great. Uh, group of folks and it was just kind of fun looking out over the audience it was like being in a room full full of friends because you see so many familiar faces there but uh totally well i think a lot of people are realizing that look even if even if you're a good parent and you teach your kids the truth if you are sending your kids to public schools by doing that you are telling your kids hey this public school is a good place to go you go there to learn you go and and so then for a parent to then try to say to pull back and say hold on even though i sent you to public school and i sent you there because i told you this is a good place to go to learn but what they're telling you on this this and this and this is false that's just too hard to overcome it's conflicting messaging from the parents and so i think that's why you're seeing a lot of people if you can afford it, send your kids to Billings Christian schools or the Catholic schools or wherever, but, you know, it's not cheap. And if they're able to eventually expand, too, because that's one of their capacities, as I understand it, you know, schools like that are they, – they need to expand even more because they have uh, too much demand for the space right. that they have right now. So, But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. What was your favorite parts of the Seth Dillon speech? I, I loved it when he showed – the fake news satirical headlines that they made that were jokes that ended up becoming real and ended up becoming real headlines. That was hilarious. Uh, that was really funny. He made so many good points about about comedy as a whole and, and how, how the left has destroyed comedy and, and how important it is to use comedy and, and mockery uh, against these leftists because – and that's, that everybody knows that's true. They, they've totally destroyed comedy. You can't even tell jokes anymore uh, without getting canceled and stuff like that. And, and I think his, his explanation for why is because you can actually use comedy and mockery to actually convey the truth. And that's why the left hates comedy so much is because much of what comedy is, there's an element of truth to it, and it's hilarious. And that actually can be more effective at conveying the truth than than just, you know, political talk or whatever, you know. And so yeah. that's what the left really hates. They don't want to hear the, the truth conveyed. We use mockery to expose bad ideas uh, and also to, to highlight truth and, is, and especially biblical truth as well, which is what people love about the Babylon Bee so much. My favorite part, though, I think, was when he showed kind of the video uh, as he was taking the stage and they were sitting down with Elon Musk who bought Twitter because Babylon Bee got kicked off of Twitter. And uh, they handed him a cocktail napkin that said, I owe you $44 billion. We're going to pay that back. We, you know, we owe you 40. <laughs> but but you and I were saying how we didn't even realize uh, just how big of an influence that decision was. When, when the Babylon Bee got kicked off of Twitter, that was a major reason, if not the reason, Elon Musk said, nope, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm buying Twitter. 
Hey, we had big news on Wednesday's Montana Talks. Former Montana Congressman Denny Reberg, who served 12 years as the lone member of the House representing Montana, says he's in. He is running for the eastern congressional seat in eastern Montana. So that's big political news that broke right here on Montana Talks. That's where you heard it first. What are we going to talk about on Thursday's show? Well, you tell us, because Montana Talks is the show where you get to talk every Monday through Friday, statewide, 9 to 10. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Well, we got to get to the woke update of the week. David Noble's got a good one for us here on this Thursday. And then I've got a few others that I've just been seeing in the headlines as well. Uh, but, uh, David, I, I love what Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee had to say about, uh, you know, wokeness. And I, I wish I had the quote memorized, but I was just trying to take in the speech. I, you know, I, I'm one of those when I go to like a, a show or a concert, I'm at the point now where I don't want to be sitting there taking notes. I don't want to be sitting there holding my cell phone up the entire time. Right. I just want to take in the moment and just enjoy the moment and take it in and, and process it. Right. And so, but I wish I'd written down the quote where he, cause he said something about wokeness and how wokeness is basically a cover for their for their meanness that 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 they use woke as like their shield to just be mean and to just be angry and it's kind of like it was kind of like the mask mandates like the the people who were so angry about why aren't you wearing your mask that was just their cover for for their the fact that they really just don't like you and, and right. they wanted an, an excuse to 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 tell you how they're better than you and how you you know what I mean and, and that's what wokeness is 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 it's their way to tell you that they don't like you and they get to be mean to you because they don't like that you're a Christian or they don't like that you're Jewish or whatever or that you're conservative or they're true wokeness is a cover for their meanness oh yeah I mean I, I think we've all we've all been saying for a long time that the, these leftist Democrats they're very closed minded they're very judgmental um, they're straight up bigots they admit that they're bigots in fact i've debated some of these big leftist twitch streamers like vosh for example gets thousands and thousands of concurrent viewers millions and millions of views on his videos and and i've been debating him and and christianity comes up or any other religion comes up and i and i said to him i said wow you you really are you're a religious bigot and he said yeah i am i i hate religions i i think people that believe in religion are stupid and blah, blah. They're open about it. They're bigots. Yeah. They're prejud they're prejudiced. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. and you can see it on the Montana politics hashtag on, on Twitter, on X. I know you you'll peruse that from time to time. They just have they hate Christians and and they want to target Christians and they want to attack Christians. Whereas it's like most, you know, Christians and Jews are like Hey, we we disagree with your lifestyle. We disagree with your opinion, but man, we don't hate you. But for them, and and the the quote that we've oftentimes used, even going back ten plus years ago, was those who preach tolerance are oftentimes the least tolerant, and that's the woke left. They preach tolerance, but they're actually very intolerant. They will hate you because of your viewpoints. They will try to shut you down because of your viewpoints. It's not just that they disagree, right? So uh, this woke update you've got here, we've been talking a lot about artificial intelligence. Well, did you have another point you wanted to make before we get to it? Well, no. I mean, actually, the, the point I was going to make was actually that my woke update kind of shows the same thing because what is going on with this Google AI 
Um, it used to be called Bard. Now it's called Gemini, just the name of their their AI. But what they but but Google's AI is an image generator, and you of course you give it text, and then it will pr- produce a AI generated image. Mm-hmm. It will not produce an image of a white person, and so people were putting <laughs> people were putting in um, people were putting in text prompts like, "Hey." Create create an image of a medieval British king, and then and then Google says, "Here's an image of a medieval British king that's inclusive, and it shows uh it shows a black guy as a medieval British king, and then and then they and then people said, "Hey, uh, create an image of the American founding fathers, and it shows a picture of a a a, a, a Indian guy." With a turban on his head, or or a black or a black guy, you know, in the in the um, in the Constitutional Hall, and all of these different things. And so then people were tweeting out, people were tweeting out, challenge impossible. Try to get Google's AI to show an image of a white person, and everybody was trying to get it, and it wouldn't do it. And it would all of its images were only like black people or, or Indians or whoever it might be. And so now Google Google has actually had to suspend its Gemini AI program um, because people are people are complaining, saying this is not historically accurate. Like if you're going to have an AI program and an AI image generator, it needs to be historically accurate. And then and so then the you other think, yeah. the other thing it would it, it would do is people would say, hey, create an, create an image of this or create an image of that. And it would say, okay, here's an image of that that's diverse. And then it would show, you know, the American the American founding fathers, you know, which is all like, you know, black men and women or a guy in a turban or, you know, a medieval British king that's a black guy. And it's like it couldn't you couldn't fix it. And so Google's now had to suspend it. But the point is, it's like, how is that how is that inclusive and open minded and welcoming to everybody when it refuses to produce an image of a particular race? That's hilarious. I, uh, you know, I, by the way, since I've never used or, or, or played around with Google Gemini before, we, we had a, a conversation with a, an engineering professor about AI and chat GPT. So in the middle of the interview, I thought, you know, what? I'm going to go to chat GPT right now. And I asked chat GPT, I said, write me a poem about Plentywood, Montana. And seconds later, I read the poem about Plentywood, Montana over the air. But I decided right now I'm going to go to Google Gemini and show me a picture of an African princess. You know what image came up? John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter. <laughs> He's an African princess. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just joking. But wouldn't that be funny? If, that is you know, classic. If it showed a, you know, a white guy from Montana as the African princess. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's that's the equivalent. It's got to be inclusive. Got to be inclusive, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this was real or not. Maybe it was just people on Twitter mocking this Google Gemini story. But I saw somebody said, show me a photo of the Canadian prime minister. And it was uh, Justin Trudeau in the blackface photo that he actually dressed up in right right no well that that, that's kind of goes to what seth dylan was talking about with with satire i mean you can't even tell the difference a lot of times between satire because the democrats are so crazy now (laughs) yeah exactly all right uh 406-294-0970 if you want to jump in on the conversation here uh, with david noble or you can message us on the montana talks app as well this is where montana talks at with Lane Nordland. USDA is taking steps to combat western U.S. wildfires. The agency is investing $500 million to expand work on the Forest Service wildfire crisis strategy. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Bilsack says the goal is to reduce the risk of wildfires for communities, critical infrastructure, and natural resources. 
those landscapes roughly 250 key five sheds for investment. We fortunately received an historic down payment investment in forest health. The funding comes from $400 million in the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Law that will help allocate ongoing efforts on 21 designated priority landscapes. All told, the investments that we've made to date are providing greater security for 550 communities that interface with these forest areas. 1,800 watersheds and 2,500 miles of power lines are better protected and will be better protected as a result of the investments that we have made and will continue to make. Bill Sack says the money they've spent to prevent wildfires has already exceeded the goals they set. With these resources, we have, over the course of the last several years, exceeded targets for treatment and hazardous fuel reduction. In fact, we had a record amount of acres treated and a record number of acres involved in prescribed fires. Again, that was Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack on funding to help prevent catastrophic wildfire. I'm Lane North Blonde. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Shots fired. Uh, Good. I'm just making sure he's awake. I'm making sure he's listening. So, uh, David, I was joking about, you know, I asked uh, Google Gemini to show me a photo of an African princess. And boom, a a photo of John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, (laughs) pops up. He He was apparently listening. He sent me back the photo of the African princess. And it was a photo of Whoopi Goldberg from The View. (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh that's hilarious um but uh man now i got oh so you and i were talking during the break and we were talking about seth dillon the ceo of the babylon b who was the keynote speaker at the uh, billings christian school uh banquet on uh on tuesday night and uh, you were there our good friend george blackard was there he helped me with the coin toss and more but uh i was laughing so when seth dillon was going through the fake news headlines. Uh, well, and then he was going through, you know, kind of, they're, they're very politically incorrect headlines. He pulled them up. And uh, I, I remember the California U-Haul salesman one was was hilarious. But uh, but when he pulled up the Vivek Ramaswamy Babylon B headline, I was laughing because I remember I was live on the radio. And, David, I can't remember if you were here or if the Joker was here or if George Blackard was here. But, you know, usually if I see a Babylon Bee headline come across my phone, I'll I'll mention it on the air. Hey, by the way, look at this Babylon Bee headline I just saw. When this one flashed across my screen, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not reading that one on the radio. Uh, this was the Babylon Bee headline. Trump promises V Vake. An administration position running the White House 7-Eleven. <laughs> and it had Vivek Ramaswamy in a 7-Eleven polo shirt. Anyway, and and it's just funny, right? right. And, and maybe joke. I should have just read it on the air because it's just funny. And, and Seth Dillon made the point. He's like, oh, man, everybody was calling us racist. Even Vivek Ramaswamy's people were, you know, clutching pearls over this one. Uh, and uh, And he's like... He's like, how how long? He's like, The Simpsons has been on TV for decades, and they've had the Quickie Mart reference for years. But we do it, and all of a sudden, you know, you can't tell a joke about that anymore right, now. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and Joe Biden, Joe Biden was the one that said, <laughs> you can't work at a 7-Eleven without a slight Indian accent. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he? Oh, yeah. That was one of the, uh, in, in a line of racially yeah. questionable also, statements that, yeah, from that, Joe Biden. Yeah. That was also, that yeah, another one of those was when Joe Biden was bragging that his slate was a slave state. Because uh, 
or he had been at when he was running for president in the 80s or something he had been asked by a reporter hey hey joe biden you're a you're a northeast liberal how do you how are you going to get any any votes you know outside the northeast and he's like you don't know my state my state's a slave state yeah as if it was like something to brag about it was just like so off-putting yeah yeah it's like thanks Delaware. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's not something you want to brag about, Biden. Yeah. And then he had some questionable comments on, you know, desegregation of schools. Remember even oh, Kamala, yeah, the racial jungle Kamala stuff. Kamala Harris yeah. called him a racist on the stage. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, Kamala Harris straight up call, said he is a segregationist racist. That's, that's why that's why Jill B- Biden didn't want her to be the running mate. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but we we gotta we gotta also mention on the Vivek Ramaswamy, and this just shows you how cool Vivek Ramaswamy is. I know you've been a big fan of his, uh, but so Seth Dillon was saying, you know, how Vivek, even though a lot of Vivek Ramaswamy supporters were clutching their pearls over it, Vivek laughed he thought it was funny and he actually came and did an interview with the babylon b guys and then they joked in the interview they gave him a 7-eleven hat and a 7-eleven t-shirt and a little name tag you know (laughs) and he laughed and he just went along with the joke and it's like if you can't laugh at yourself and if you can't laugh at stuff like this like there's something wrong with you oh for sure i mean it's 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 funny i mean it's a joke it's not we're not you know the babylon b was not genuinely saying that you know uh, you know, Indians can only work at Seven Elevens or something. You know, so I don't even know what like the what's the offensive thing. Is that what's supposedly offensive about it? Is that you're supposedly saying that Indians can only work there? I don't. I don't even know. It's, or Especially it, when Indian Americans are some of the most successful <laughs> people in America. Right. Right I mean, Vivek is is he a billionaire? I can't remember. I think uh, he is. Yeah. Nikki Haley is an Indian American. Um, Harmeet Dillon. Yeah. Uh, the incredible lawyer uh, oh, yeah. who's who's came and spoke at the. She's an, an Indian American. Well, look at look at like the, know, look just, at all the CEOs of big tech. Yeah, the CEO of Google, Indian American. The CEO of um, all a lot of these big tech companies are they're all Indian Americans, and it's it's like Asian Americans, highly highly successful. Of course, you know you, the the Democrats hate that because that puts the lie to their whole theory about how your your race is the only thing that matters and your race controls your destiny and if you're this race you're going to be successful and if you're that race you're a oppressor and all mm-hmm. of these different things and it's like no actually look at the actual statistics for Asian Americans Indian Americans very very, very successful, successful in oh, America yeah. which yeah. is supposedly this horrible horrible white supremacist country I went to a church in the Middle East and there were so many um, uh, uh, Indians that, that were there people from India um, you know because the middle you know right there you know and, and anyway just remarkable people but man I'll tell you what like uh, their English was better than than my English and and even uh, the great lawyer David Noble's English, you know, because they were just all about getting things right and doing it right, especially when they were reading from the Bible, you know, you know what I'm saying. But but uh, yeah, but but no, David, you you hit on it. They despise the fact that Indian Americans are successful. They despise the fact that Asian Americans are successful. They don't want veterans to be successful. That's why they attack Tim Sheehy. They want victims. I'm Chris Foster. There's a major cell phone outage reported across the United States, not everywhere, but in areas coast to coast. It's AT&T's network. Other carriers say some of their customers are having problems calling or texting people on 
different networks. The company releasing a statement saying some of our customers are experiencing wireless service interruptions this morning. We're working urgently to restore service to them. We encourage the use of Wi-Fi calling until service is restored. What caused the problem? We still don't know. Fox Business Correspondent Jerry Willis. New unemployment claims are down. New claims for unemployment benefits dropped 12,000 last week to 201,000. It's a smaller than expected number of people signing up for benefits and the lowest level in five weeks. Fox's Jenny Casola stocks are higher to start the trading day on Wall Street. It's the last day of early voting in the South Carolina Republican primary happening Saturday. America's listening to Fox News. Hey, we got a caller on the phone lines here. I meant to get to earlier, but uh, David Noble and I have been having so much fun. I was like, oh man, I got to get to Gary in Billings. Gary, great to hear from you. What's going on? What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Aaron and David, uh, you kind of touched a little bit about this student loan that Biden had canceled. And uh, it kind of brings back, um, you're teaching these kids that you don't have to work, or we'll take care of you. And it it's just is so deep uh, of a plot, I believe, to destroy us, like you've been talking about. But this brings back when... Uh, my dad died, and my uncle lost his life in Vietnam. Uh, we had no money growing up in Powder River County. <clears throat> but what it taught us, that we had to work. Uh, I was working on ranches when I was 13. But it installed in me a lot of benefits that I would never known had we not gone through all that adversity. So it it it, it just seemed like that uh, Joe Biden thinks he's he's helping these kids, but they're hurting them. Because there is no free lunch. Uh, I've learned that very hard lessons myself. Mm -hmm. So I really thank you guys for uh, letting me speak about where are we going to go? How do we get around all this stuff? Yeah, no, thanks, Gary. America back like we want to. That's right. Thank you very much. Well said, yeah. Yep, Uh, learning life lessons is helpful to kids. Uh, I don't even think Joe Biden actually thinks he's actually helping anybody here. I think he's solely determined to try to help his political campaign. Right. And this is a political payoff. And case in point, Politico pointed out that Biden is going to email all 153,000 of these student loan borrowers I'm canceling your debt. That just That's proof right there. This is a political move. He is using our taxpayer dollars to fund his political campaign. Well, so to directly answer Gary's question, what are we going to do? The solution is obvious. The, the policy solution here is so, so obvious. we got to completely shut down and eliminate the federal student loan program entirely. There is no reason whatsoever the federal government and federal taxpayers – should be issuing student loans and guaranteeing the student loans and and then forgiving them. If you comp- and that and of course the federal government and the federal student loan program, that's the exact reason why tuition has gotten so high. These 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 colleges they they know that hey, we can just we can just raise tuition and raise fees and all of these little students, they're going to get uh, they're going to get federally backed student loans to put the you eliminate that federally backed student loan program, you completely shut down entirely shut down the federal government's involvement in student loans and you fix the tuition problem, you fix this loan problem. The idea of forgiving these student loans without first shutting down the problem and it's it's just like giving illegal aliens amnesty before you shut down the border and secure the border. It's like you're yeah. treating the symptom 
And all that does is incentivize more of the same thing that caused the problem in the first place. Exactly. Oh, I got a great woke update that you're going to want to hear if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, this, this one comes from the libs of TikTok. Uh, wait till you hear this one about a 90-year-old woman. Congressman Denny Reberg announced that, yes, he is running for Congress in the Eastern Congressional District. Full audio on our Montana Talks podcast. Get it on the app from the 9 o'clock hour. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, David, so I had three ideas for another woke update here. Uh, J.K. Rowling unloads on trans activists. She wrote the Harry Potter books, right? That's J.K. Rowling. Is it Rowling or Rowling? 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 I I don't don't know. I can't remember. But anyway... Uh, and she's a leftist. She's a liberal, but she's just like, stop it with this transgender nonsense. But uh, the DailyWire.com has this story. She lambasted radical trans activists in a lengthy X post on Tuesday, basically saying, you are not kind. You are not righteous. And that ties in with, you know, our discussion earlier about how wokeness is the cover for their meanness, really, is what it comes down to. Uh, and then Seth Dillon talked about this Tuesday night. Uh, at the BCS banquet, trans controversy erupts when girls' basketball game ends in forfeit following three injuries. You probably saw the video. This dude who identifies as a girl is in a high school girls' basketball game, and at one point he throws this girl to the ground. I mean, you would get a you would get thrown out of an NBA game for doing that to another dude. This dude does it to a girl. And they had to forfeit the game because they didn't have enough players to even play in the game. And, you know, kind of goes back to this whole point of of reality is worse than satire. Right oh, yeah. Now. Well, and I was talking to some people at the at the dinner um, about our local schools here here in Billings. And I'm sure this is true across all of Montana. But in, in our middle schools and our high schools. Um, you're you're seeing a majority of the students who identify as either LGBTQIA or whatever, um, and you can see that in in a lot of the polling and statistics too. Where if you go by generation, some of these older generations, it's like zero zero point one percent of people identify as as LGBTQIA plus minus sign ampersand sign whatever. You know, but and then and then as as the generations go, that that percentage of people in that generation that identify as LGBTQ increases, increases, increases. Gen Z is like twenty five percent, thirty percent, and then the gener the the generation after that, you're looking at fifty percent plus of these students who are identifying as that way. And and one thing, one thing because it's I, a pop culture thing, it's a trendy thing. It's obviously, yeah. And 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 somebody made a really good point, and I can't remember who made this point. Um, but it was basically like, look, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, you know, one of the most important things for, for these kids is to be accepted and, and the easy, very, very easy way to be not only accepted, or to stand out or to stand or to out. Stand out. Yeah. And one of the easiest ways to, to be and to, to immune, immunize yourself from any kind of criticism or anything is to just identify as, as, you know, 
one of the 72 genders or LGBTQI this or this, that curious, all these different weird, weird, perverted sexual things that they have. And then, you know, these kids identify as that. And all of a sudden, hey, you're cool. Wow, you're really cool. And we can't criticize you and we can't make fun of you now and all these other other yeah. things. And it's, it's just horrible. Well, I've heard like, you know, Christian theologians make this point um, and probably as we've covered these Big Sky Worldview Forum events, I think some of their speakers have made this point is that, you know, for Christians and, and Jews and, and people of faith is that you you should realize how special you are, that you are made in the image of God, right? So every one of these kids needs to know they're special. And, and maybe kids don't realize how special they are anymore because of the breakdown of family and, and breakdown of culture and everything. So they're trying to be special in another way. And, and society and culture is telling them, oh, you want to be special? Here, throw these chest binders on. Here, Chop off your body parts. Here, identify as this, identify as that. And now, you know, because it's it's not special to just be another white kid in America, right? You're just a boring white kid. You're not special. And so, now, but now you can be special. In fact, now you can be more special than an African-American over here or or uh, an Asian-American over here. You get to one-up them because, because white liberals now get to say, oh, no, 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 I'm more special. Rachel Levine is more special than than a, a an African American civil rights champion, right? That's the that's the cultural message. That's the pop cultural message that's being sent out here. Yeah. Now speaking speaking of that, I got a, a, an email from Dick Pence um, promoting the National Debt Forum uh, that that is going to be happening here in yeah, Montana. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum is going to be there. Uh, Senator Zolnikov will be there. Uh, Mike Vondra, Laura Drager. Uh, Representative Terry Moore, Senator Tom McGillray, and the most important part—the most important part—David Noble, hey, lecture fan on Twitch is going to be <laughs> is going to be moderating it. This is going to be March 11th, yeah, uh, from six to eight p.m. at the Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, here in Billings, Montana. And I am going to be live streaming it on my Twitch channel as well. So if you can't wow, make you it, MC it, that's great. Yeah. So if you yeah. can't make it to the the National Debt Deficit Forum. Uh, with Rick Santorum and me moderating and all those other folks, you can tune in on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash lecturefan, L-C-T-R-F-A-N. Um, but what's, what I've noticed recently is, is that the, this idea of a constitutional amendment to fix some of our issues is really gaining steam. And, and Ron DeSantis, since Ron DeSantis dropped out of the presidential primary campaign, Ron DeSantis has really been pushing term limits. Um, and Florida sure. and Florida has now joined the, the states that are in favor of these constitutional amendments to fix our, our country, including term limits, um, including uh, balanced budget amendments, thing, things like that. And so that's really... I think important at the national level and, and at the frankly, what's funny is we could have an amendment to balance the require a balanced budget, or you could have an amendment to put term limits. Both of those would result in a balanced budget because you put the term limits and you throw all these <laughs> jokers out, throw and now you get real people in there that that would balance the budget, whether there's an amendment to do it or not. Yeah, yeah, no, um, we've got to have a balanced budget amendment. Now I know there's some people that that you know it, 
they may not want this process or they may not want that process, but I hope we can all at least agree that there needs to be something forcing a balanced budget requirement at the federal level. We have that in Montana, and that's why whether Democrats are in charge or whether Republicans are in charge, they have to balance the budget every legislative session. But, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I was meaning to bring it up because, yeah, that, what an incredible lineup. I mean, Mike Vondra is an incredible guy. He was at the banquet the other night. Uh, and, yeah, David Noble would be emceeing that event uh, March 11th. Um, and I actually uh, was chatting with Senator McGilvery earlier this week. Um, he's going to get Rick Santorum in studio with us the next day. Oh, so cool. If Good. You, if you want to free up some time from your, your day job, you can come join us that, that next That'd day awesome. as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick, but Rick Santorum will be in here and Senator McGilvery. And, no, that's a that's a very important uh, uh, topic that needs to be coming up. The woke update before I forget. This one, my good. Okay, <laughs> folks, listen in on this woke update. This is the you. This is today's. Oh, for Pete's sake moment. My grandma always used that line. She taught me how to cuss as a Norwegian. All for Pete's sake, right? <laughs> so I think about a, a little old lady at a Lutheran church potluck, you know, in northeastern Montana. The national, this comes from Libs of TikTok, the National MS Society. That's multiple sclerosis, right? The National MS Society forced a 90-year-old volunteer to step down because she wasn't inclusive enough after she asked what pronouns are. So this little 90-year-old woman says, well, what are these pronouns you're talking about? So they forced this 90-year-old woman to step down as a volunteer for the National MS Society. Fran volunteers for, volunteered for 60 years, and her late husband had MS. And the National MS Society forced her to step down as a volunteer. I, I mean... Uh, but anyway, now uh, the libs of TikTok have now updated uh, uh, this story. The National MS Society just released a statement backtracking on the entire story, saying they were wrong and apologize to the 90-year-old volunteer they forced to step down over pronouns. It just goes to show that they're pushing their radical ideology on everybody else is way more important to them than anything else, including helping anybody with MS or including helping the poor. I mean, these people are the most stingy, you know, greedy people. I always said Bernie, Bernie Sanders likes to talk about how it's greedy if you want to work hard and then keep keep the money that you've earned. That, that's greedy. <laughs> but it's not greedy if you want the government to take your neighbor's money and give it to you. As he makes millions peddling some stupid book, right? Yeah. yeah I, I want to know who these entitled, woke, little selfish brats are. That that did this to the ninety year old woman. That's horrible. That's what I want to know. That's like, you know, and it's it's like just pull these kids in here because you know it was probably some young entitled woke little liberal who got offended by it and demanded that this woman be punished. This ninety year old woman volunteer be punished. I mean, like, man, well, it's a civil rights violation in my opinion. I got to file a lawsuit against them because we you cannot. And I, and I don't know if, if this lady has religious beliefs or not or if she just didn't know about the pronouns. But if it's, <laughs> me, if it's me there and I say, I, I refuse to, to, to use whatever, you know, different, different pronouns because that's, that's my religious beliefs. And then, they, and then they eliminate somebody like that. That's a, that is a violation of the Civil Rights Act, and you ought to be sued for that. And there's already federal precedent. Not only can they not force you to play their little pronoun game... If you are a school teacher in a public school, they can't force you to play their stupid little pronoun game. So don't play their stupid little games exactly. and stand up to them. Don't bend at the knee. Don't bow down to these wannabe Roman emperors. 
And, yeah, fight that legal fight if you have to. All right, uh, more to follow with David Noble right after this. Tax Act can think of a million things more fun than filing taxes. Tax Act is going to name some now. Sitting in traffic. Folding a fitted bedsheet. Listening to your coworker talk about his fantasy team. Digging a hole. Digging an even larger hole next to that original hole. Unfortunately, Tax Act's filing software can't make taxes fun. But Tax Act can help you get them done. Tax Act, let's get them over with. Fox News commentary. Nikki Haley delivered a special announcement ahead of the South Carolina Republican primary, and it was as lackluster and delusional as she is. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. Interesting people are talking to Will King. I said, what do I call you? I call you Dwayne. I call you The Rock. He said, now that I own it, I can call now you that, The Rock. Yes, I own it now. You can call me The Rock. Our next guest needs no introduction. It is Dr. Jordan Peterson. My old friend and frenemy, Stephen A. Smith. What is going on here? I see the Will King show in the background. I see the microphone. Watch it live at noon Eastern, Monday through Thursday on FoxNews.com. And get the podcast five days a week at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This week, GOP 2024 presidential longshot candidate Nikki Haley assembled the media for what was supposed to be a special announcement. Many, including myself, thought she would announce the suspension of her failing campaign ahead of what is sure to be an embarrassing primary election in South Carolina. But no, her announcement was that she plans to stay in the race and in Donald Trump's way until the bitter end. She is not able to do this because she has the support of delegates or the numbers to put on the board, but simply because she is well-funded by the uniparty establishment. Nikki Haley is the special interest candidate of all special interest candidates and her staying in the race is not only a waste of time and resources but a help to democrats she is circling around trump like a buzzard hoping something will happen to him but apparently she hasn't interacted with republican voters enough to realize she isn't even the second choice i'm tommy laren and you can watch my show tommy laren is fearless at outkick.com hey on 6263 qc connects brought to you from the montana hot spring spas and saunas live well feel better studio Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, just a few more minutes left here with David Noble in the house, and then we've got open phones coming up in the 8 and 9 o'clock hours of the show. But let's sneak on a quick caller who wants to uh, jump in with David here as well. Right on, John in Bozeman. What's going on, right on, John? Uh, good morning, boys. You're having way too much fun, so I had to add to it. Hey, uh, <laughs> this morning on... Uh, uh, KBZK, uh, beautiful Jane McDonald, uh, uh, said, uh, uh, Denny Reberg as, uh, Dennis, uh, Rayberg. I just felt called him <laughs> in on that. <laughs> you gotta love the TV reporters. And, and yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're new and, to the state. They, they come here for two years and then they're trying to get the next big TV gig. So we can forgive them. We can. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing, uh, that, uh, woman, I, I mentioned the story about the UN and getting the numbers and everything like this. Um, yeah, uh, all of a sudden, a, a story shows up on KBZK this morning that shows the numbers of what we're spending and what other countries are spending. Hey, people out there in the media, hey, if you're going to 
Snagger Stories from Montana Talks. Send a, che- a check in care of Red on John to Montana Talks, and I'll accept it every all day long. <laughs> hey, there you go. There uh, you go. All right, Red on John, thanks for the call. I know we're getting really short on time here. David, did you have any topics you wanted to cover, or you want to react to anything uh, Red on John was, well, uh, was just, chatting about there, too? I just think it's funny with, with, with Brad Johnson running for the U.S. Senate, and Denny Reberg jumping into the house race, I've been I've been kind of asking people what what year is it? Is it is it two thousand two or is it twenty twenty four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should play like a, a whole bunch of songs from two thousand two. Yeah. So, what do you think about this house race? Do you think? I mean, I mean, everybody, all of these candidates are moving full steam ahead. I mean, I mean, I you know, Denny Reberg came in and announced yesterday right here on this show, broke the news first here that he's going to run for Congress. He'd step in with twelve years seniority. There's a number of other great folks who have thrown their hat in the ring as well. But we haven't even heard yet whether Congressman Rosendale is going to run for re-election or not. So I, but all these other candidates apparently don't believe he's going to move forward, and they're moving forward anyway. Yeah, so. I was just it's, it was just so disappointing for me, and I, I was talking to talking to somebody about uh, what happened with Rosendale announcing and then dropping out, and 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 uh, one of my friends said, you know, that when when Rosendale dropped out, that was like just getting kicked in the stomach, um, and that's how I felt about it too, and was just really kind of disappointed in that. And so yeah, for this Eastern District, and I'm obviously a voter in this eastern district and so i'm looking for i'm looking for the most conservative candidate in in this primary i've pretty much written off some of these folks like joel crowder for example um i think uh, he was very moderate if not outright voting with the democrats in the legislature yeah (laughs) yeah so um but i don't i don't know i don't know all of these candidates super well um certainly haven't heard much out of them in terms of their their positions on some of this stuff in the in the house race so um i'm confident that the most conservative candidate will win and so it's I think- a safe republican seat so you know you, you don't have to worry about about you know placating the other side uh, frankly because it is a safe republican district uh, yeah right um, so we don't want a moderate or a squish in that district like we need somebody in that district that's going to do what rosendale did and pull the party to the right well and that's why like uh you know when, when it when it came to the senate race look it was like okay we we knew trump wasn't going to endorse i mean there, there was at least a story six months ago trump wasn't going to endorse rosendale uh he he was never likely to raise the funds to take on. But a lot of people are like, hey, stay in the house, stay in the fight there. Um, according to the Washington Times, uh, Ashka Varma, a spokeswoman for uh, Congressman Rosendale's campaign, told the Washington Times that the lawmaker would be announcing a decision soon. Uh, so, but apparently they're in the middle of uh, spending talks right now. So so anyway, but but all these other candidates are still moving uh, full speed ahead. So uh, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if he stays in the race. Do they all stay in the race, or do they say, hey, you know what, we, we couldn't wait, because, uh, uh, yeah, clock's ticking. Right? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wildly interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And then there's there's rumors on Twitter, but we don't typically traffic in rumors around here. Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> this whole thing about confirming stuff before you just kind of, you know. All right, David Noble, great to see you as always. Thanks for your time. Great to be here. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be promoting you, uh, that adventure I'm seeing, because that's going to be great. Cool.